Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. Guys, we've been going through the Gospel of Luke. We've entitled it an Earth Walk. Actually, through our whole journey through Luke, we've entitled it an Earth Walk. And we've, we've divided it up into sections. We had the teaching of Jesus, the life of Jesus. Now we're getting into the sacrifice of Jesus. So we've been basically at the middle part of chapter 19 all the way through the end. It's talking about Jesus in Jerusalem. It's the final week of his life. And here we're kind of wrapping up his teaching today. And specifically over the last few weeks, we've looked at his teaching concerning his future coming. And that seems to be a topic that everybody is interested in, is about when's Jesus coming, and especially in light of everything that we're seeing in the news and so forth. When we get into chapter 22, we're going to start getting into where now he's going to be betrayed. But that's in the future. Let's talk about what he's going to talk about today. The last few weeks, we've been looking at this whole issue about what's going to happen in the future. And that's been a significant thing because, you know, as, as a pastor, as I interact in the lives of people and as I look at what's happening in the news and I look at what's happening in Christian circles, what I'm sensing and what I'm seeing is a lot of people getting freaked out. Freaked out about the wars. Freaked out about the natural disasters. You know what I'm saying? So, like, okay, for instance, like Lori and I, we had to leave our home this week because of a flooding on the Anderson Creek. I can already tell you, we didn't get freaked out about that. We just got freaked out about water. We didn't think, oh, Jesus is coming back. Okay? No, I'm thinking, did they hold the water back at the dam? That's what I'm thinking, okay? Is my basement going to be okay? But a lot of people, they get they look at everything that's happening, and they get so freaked out. And so Jesus comes along, and from the very beginning, in chapter 21, he tells us, that number one, it's not going to take place that quickly. Number two, he goes on and tells us that the things that we're seeing now, that we're getting freaked out by, the wars, the pestilence, the famines, the amazing things that we're seeing, he tells us they're all normal. They're all part of what we're seeing here. And then you're going to see some things happen. Then you're going to see the return of Christ. He kind of wraps it all up here. We're going to look specifically at verses 29 through 38. He kind of wraps it all up into a parable, a parable of the fig tree. And with that, he wants us to understand the times, but he also wants us to be prepared. And so what we're going to talk today about is, is being in tune with the times. Do you know what I'm saying? Being in tune with the times. How many of you have ever heard somebody say to you, you know, you got to get with the times. Usually we say that to an older person who's kind of behind the ball and they're, they're living like in the 50s or 60s or in the 80s, like I like living in the 80s, okay? That was the perfect year. Do you know what I'm saying? The 80s were the perfect year. At least I thought the music from the 80s was perfect. We're going to talk about being in tune with the times. Now you say, well, I thought, well, isn't Christians right now, everybody, aren't they already in tune with the times? That's why they're freaking out? Yeah, well, they're in tune in the times in a wrong way. What we're going to see is what Jesus says we need to do as far as being in tune with the times in a proper way. And that's what he's going to talk about here. So let's look at it together. We're going to look at verse 29 through 38. 
And then he spoke to them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they're already budding, you see and know for yourselves that summer is now near. You also, when you see these things happening, know that the kingdom of God is near. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. But take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life, and that the day come upon you unexpectedly. For it will come as a snare on those who dwell on the face of the earth. Watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all the things that will come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. And in the daylight he was teaching in the temple, and at night he went out and stayed on the mountain called Olivet. Then early in the morning all the people came to him in the temple to hear him. We're going to focus specifically here at verse 29 through verse 36. So let's look, first of all, understanding the times. Look with me. He begins by telling the parable of the fig tree. Now, for you and I, in our area, we don't necessarily have fig trees in our area. We may have fig trees in our area. But you and I would be more familiar in our area, like if Jesus came along and was teaching it to us, he might say the parable of the apple tree or the parable of the pear tree or the parable of the peach tree. And so you and I know that it's springtime and that summer's coming when we look out in our yards, like I've got two very old winter pear trees in my backyard, rock-hard pears, and it uh, takes forever for them to ripen, if they ever do. And uh, so when I look out in the back and I see those trees blooming and my eyeballs are scratching up from all of the different uh, allergies that are going on in my life, I know what's coming. Summer. This is what Jesus is saying to us. The first point I want you to see here is that the seasons tell us the timing of things. The seasons tell us the timing of things. This is the point he wants you to understand. You understand and you know that there is a certain season for things and you know that there's a certain timing for things. And so when, like in the spring, when you see the crocus come up and the tulips and everything and the daffodils, you know that we're approaching summer. And you know that about August, about August the 15th, it starts getting cooler in the mornings usually right after the fair, you begin to realize what's around the corner, folks. Fall. Then we get into November, and what starts flying? Snow. I mean, it's real easy. It's not that hard, right? We know the timing of the seasons. And this is the point that Jesus is wanting to make to us. Why? Look at verse 31. Look at what he's saying there. He's going to bring the application. So you also. So he's saying, okay, you guys pay attention You need to understand the timing of the seasons here. Why? So that you also, when you see these things happening, what things? Wars, pestilence, famines, amazing, frightful things in the air. What's he saying? When you see these things happening, know that the kingdom of God is near. What kingdom? The kingdom that he's going to come to establish, the coming of Christ. What's he going? These things reveal that the time is near. That's the next point. These things reveal that the time is near. So, okay, listen, I've said to you already that the common response right now is people are getting so freaked out, 
freaked out. I mean, it's like you think the end of the world is coming, especially if you listen to some talk show. See, Jesus doesn't want us to be freaked out by what's going on. He wants us to look at what's going on and have an understanding. Do you understand what I'm saying? He wants us to look at what's going on and have an understanding. An understanding of what, George? An understanding that we're moving towards what? Jesus coming back. Don't get freaked out by that. Don't get freaked out by that. We need to understand the things that are revealed right now, that are happening right now, are showing us that the time is near. The time is near. Here's what else we're saying. Verse 32. We are seeing these things now. Look at what he says there. It's an interesting passage. Some have misquoted it to to try to use it to say that everything happened in A.D. 70. Well, a lot did happen in A.D. 70. And in that generation, they did see a lot happen in A.D. 70. But Jesus didn't come back in A.D. 70. But look at what it says there, verse 32. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. What things take place? The things that he said was going to happen. Jerusalem dominated by the Gentiles. The Jews scattered abroad. That's, we see that today, right? They're scattered all over the world. We see wars and famines and pestilence. All of those things took place, what? In their generation. And we see them now, do we not? Nothing's changing. Everything's the same. It's on the same course. It's just, it's the same old storyline, just different characters. You know what I mean? Same old storyline, just different characters, continually. And what we're seeing is, Jesus is saying, is you've got to understand the times here. Everything's revealing that we're moving towards that, and we're seeing the things happening right now. But we don't need to get freaked out. Don't need to get freaked out. But Jesus tells us one more thing that we need to understand here. Look at what he says there, verse 33. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. What's he talking about here? Jesus' words are fact. See, here's the thing. You don't have to wonder about what's going to happen. You don't have to wonder what's going to be the end. You don't have to wonder of all the extreme things that are happening. I remember as a boy, you know, I'm 47. I can remember. Remember I told you I thought the 80s were perfect. But I can remember in the 70s, I was an army brat. So I, my dad moved around everywhere. He served in Vietnam, in Korea and stuff. And so we moved around everywhere. And you're on military bases in a military culture. So you're very aware, especially during that time. How many remember the 70s? What were we afraid of then? We were afraid of what? Nuclear war from the Russians. And we were afraid of that. And, and, and in fact, we had a lot of folks in Christian circles. That's back when Hal Lindsey was really big. Anybody remember who Hal Lindsey Nobody knows who Hal Lindsey is anymore. Because Hal Lindsey made a mistake and he predicted a date. He was wrong. That's why nobody's listening to him anymore. Well, anyhow, back then, everybody was so worried about nuclear war. But if we knew our Bibles, what does our Bibles tell us? It isn't going to end that way. Humanity is not going to be destroyed by nuclear war. Jesus is going to come back. That's when it ends. Do you understand? It's not nuclear war. How do I know that? Because Jesus told me that. And what Jesus is saying is, Jesus is saying, all existence may blow away. But what I'm telling you will remain fact. So you can take it to the bank. You can be assured of it. So don't get freaked out. Rest in me, Jesus is saying. In fact, he goes on now and he tells us exactly what we need to do. What is that, George? 
well, we need to move to Montana, buy a bunker, get a year's supply of food. No, no, that's not what he's saying, okay? That's not what he's saying. Here's what he says. Look with me. First thing, if we're going to be prepared. Verse 44, take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing drunkenness and the cares of this life, and that the day come upon you unexpectedly. First thing he's telling you, consider how you're living. What? I'm all freaked out and worried about all the stuff that's happening in the Middle East, and I'm freaked out about how the country's going, and I'm freaked out about this, that, or another. And look, did you see how many hurricane tornadoes are happening, George? What's Jesus telling me to do? He's telling you to think about how you're living. That's where it begins. There's no sense getting freaked out about all that stuff. He, he wants you to stop and think about how you're living your life. Where are you at? What's motivating you? What's your life passion? What's, what's going on in your life? He wants you to think about your relationships. He wants you to think about everything about you. Consider your life. He wants you to think about that. In fact, look at what it says there. But take heed to yourself. Now, that's a pretty strong way of saying you really need to do some self-examination. Because have you noticed, I mean, I'm, I'm a human being, you're human beings, and, and have you noticed that we can just go, I mean, our week can happen without us even thinking about it. Have you ever thought about that? You just get up in the morning, you get your shower, if you drink coffee, you, you drink a half of whatever, you know, you get a big sheets or whatever, you got your card, make sure they give you your points so you can get a free one later, you know, and you, do you know what I'm saying? I mean, and, and, you, and you go to work and you do, you, you do your work mindlessly because you've done it so many times before, you have lunch and you eat your hoagie or whatever it is that you're eating for lunch and then you go home and, you know, you're either cooking a meal or you're doing this and you got yard work and you sit in front of the TV and it's the same old stuff over the time and you're watching the same reruns 50 times over. And, you know, and then you go to bed and it starts another day and you're not even thinking about life anymore. You're not, you're just reacting. It's just like you're just responding. You know what I'm talking about? Or is that just me? I don't think it's just me because I've watched you folks. Okay. All right. So here's the thing. Jesus is calling us to break out of the monotony of our lives and take a moment and do some self-examination and consider our lives. Because rather than get freaked out because our normal is being interrupted, consider your life. How are you living it? How are you living it? Here's the other thing he tells you. It goes right connected. Don't be weighed by, down by sin and become unprepared. Don't be weighed down by sin and become unprepared. That's what he's saying to you here. In fact, he lists three specific things here. I was kind of actually shocked when I read, I've read this before, but it was like carousing. Wow, he really mentions that. Don't be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the cares of this life. Man, that's life, isn't it? Some of you say, well, I don't carouse and I'm not drunk. Yeah, but you might get weighed down by the cares of this life. You know what I'm saying? You might get worried about the medical bill that showed up. Or you might get worried about your engine went out on your car and you don't know how to handle that. Or you might get worried about 
the boss is breathing down your neck at work, or you might get worried about that the, the tax rates are going up, and how are you going to, I mean, you already got a tight budget as it is anyhow, or you might be worried about, I don't have a budget. And you might just be worried about what? The cares of life. How are you going to get through this? And those things weigh you down to the point, not just the carousing and the drunkenness or any other stuff, any other junk in your life. They weigh you down to the point where you, you become so distracted by the stuff in your life, you're not ready. You're totally unprepared. So that if he does come back, you're unprepared. We say, well, George, he's been, had been here 2,000 years. Maybe he won't come back in my lifetime. Yeah, that's fine, but you know what? You're still going to meet him. Because if he doesn't come back, you're eventually going to die. Period. Do you understand that? I mean, there are some who live to be 114, but they're, they're pretty small. Eventually, we're going to meet Jesus. And eventually, the issue is, is are you ready to meet him? This is what he's talking about here. Don't get freaked out about all this junk in the light. Consider how you're living. Don't get weighed down by the junk in your life. And thus be unprepared, because one day you're going to meet him. Because here's the thing, we all think we've got time, right? We all think we've got time. We're all preparing for the future. You know, we like to think ahead of time and stuff, and we like to do stuff ahead of time. I, I mean, that's the way I am. I try to, like, for instance, when I, when I do with my teaching with you guys, for especially for Sunday school, I try to do lessons six months or nine months ahead of time. But am I guaranteed to be here six months or nine months ahead of time? No. I mean, I could get killed in an accident. Have a heart attack. You're not even guaranteed that. Here's what he's saying. Look at verse 35. For it will come as a snare. Look at that. Circle that word if you want to in your Bible. A snare. It will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. What's he talking about there? He's talking about the day when Jesus comes back. What's he saying here? Some will be caught unprepared by the coming. That's what a snare is, isn't it? It's a trap. Look, this, this is serious, so don't get freaked out about, oh, the country's going this. Oh. No, how are you living? Are you weighing down by, in your life by your junk? Because here's the reality. You don't want to be unprepared because Jesus is telling us right off the bat that some people are going to be totally caught off guard. And unprepared. And that's going to be pretty embarrassing, isn't it? I mean, the closest thing I can think of it is, is like, here you are, you're at home, it's been a rough week, and uh, the house is totally trashed. How many of you have been in this situation where your house is totally trashed, and then you're, you're, you're cooking a meal, and you're like grumping about how the week has been, and you look out the window, and you see Aunt Betsy and Uncle Lou show up. Why are they here? How are you feeling? Because you're totally what? The house is trashed. You know what I'm saying? Your husband's underwear is all over the bathroom. Nobody's picked it up. You know? That's in what? Embarrassing, isn't it? This is what Jesus is saying. His coming is going to be a snare. It's going to be a trap to people. 
They're going to be totally caught off guard. Will you be? He's told us what's going to happen. He told us that everything is a sign, just like the trees budding. It's a sign of what's happening. Are you going to be caught off guard? Are you living the way you should be living? Are you encumbered by the junk in your life? It's coming. It's coming. He goes on, and here's what he says. Here's what we need to do. Verse 36. Watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. Here's what he's telling us to do. Watch and pray that you'll be counted worthy. You know, we've got to break out of the monotony of our lives, and, and we really need to begin to be watchful. What do you mean? We need to begin to be eager for the coming of Jesus. We need to begin to, to, um, to look forward to it. Lord, is this the day? Wake up in the morning. Lord, is this the day? Help me, help me, to, help me to live my life so that if you come back today, Lord, I won't be embarrassed. I won't be sheepish in front of you. You ever, you ever been sheepish like in front of your parents when you got caught doing something and you shouldn't have been caught doing it and, and you're like talking to you and you're kind of like, you know, you're digging a hole in the ground with your feet, you know, and, uh, you know, you, you, you're like, is this going to get over with? How long is this lecture going to be? Just whoop me, you know what I'm saying? Get it over with, you know. Um, you know, you know that feeling? I've had that feeling many times. Um, We don't like that feeling, do we? How do you think it will be when we stand before Jesus? But you don't have to. Jesus is saying, look at what he's saying here. He's saying, watch, be ready, be prepared, and pray. Pray what? Pray for his coming. Pray also, Lord, may I be found worthy. Lord, help me to be be ready for when you come. That, that really is talking about a consciousness about your life. Do you know what I'm saying? We've got to get out of the mold where it's just the same old stuff every week. But we're living ready for him to come so we can be found worthy, counted worthy. You say, okay, George, how, how, do, we, how, do, we, how do we apply this? Well, let's wrap this up. I'm going to give you the same two questions that I've given you the last two weeks but I'm going to give you another action point. And so the first question is this. As we think about what Jesus is saying here, as he's wrapping up his temple teaching, especially as he's talking about his coming, are you freaked out about the future? Are you? Are you worked up? When you watch the news, you just feel like, ooh, are you worked up? That's not good. Can I prescribe something to you? Dr. George is going to prescribe something to you, okay? Turn off the radio. Turn off CNN, Fox News, and go with it for out a week, okay? Do, 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 do you know what I'm saying? Just turn it off. Listen to music, okay? Why? 
You don't need to get freaked out. Because it's normal what's happening around you. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, we're not happy about it. Yeah, we don't want to accept it. But the fact of the matter is, Jesus told us those things were going to happen. Don't get freaked out. Here's the other thing. Is your reaction based on your ignorance? What do you mean, George? Well, usually when we get freaked out, it's because we don't have all the information. It's because we don't know anything, because we're unsure. And and we don't like the feelings of unsure, of being unsure. We don't like the lack of security. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. That usually comes from an ignorance that happens. And specifically with regards to being freaked out about the future, it's because you're ignorant about what God's Word says you need to know about the future. And he's told us a lot right here just in this passage. There are many more passages in the New Testament that tell us about what's going to happen. A whole book called the book of Revelation that you could study on your own. But the fact of the matter is, is that are you ignorant? Is your reaction based on your ignorance? Because here's the thing. All of what's happening in the world, and especially that's happening to the Christian church today, can I be honest with you? He told us beforehand it would happen. The persecution, the suffering. It's all going to happen. Nothing's happening that Jesus didn't tell us about. And if he told us about it, he knows what's going to happen, isn't it true? So the question is, 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 it, based, is it based upon your ignorance? So you say, okay, George, well, how, how do I handle that ignorance thing? Here's the best way to handle the ignorance thing. Get into God's Word and read it. Start with the Gospels, read about his life, listen to what Jesus is saying, work your way through Paul's epistles, through Peter, through John's epistles and the other epistles, see what they say, maybe then end up in Revelation. Because we all want to start at the last book to see how it ends, if you're like me. I'm the kind of guy when I get, I, don't, I, I read a lot of theology and stuff, but every once in a while I'll read books And I'm the guy that reads the last chapter, because I want to see how it ends first, before I work my way through it. I don't know why, but maybe you're like that, drive everybody else crazy. You don't have to worry about spoiling a movie for me. Just go ahead and tell me what it's like. I'll still go. The the reality is, is a lot of us are like that. We want to know what the end's going to be. But notice what he said our focus is. Here, I'm going to tell you what the end is, but your focus needs to be what? Now. How are you living now? So here's your action point. Ask the Spirit to help you to be ready for His coming. That's really the issue. Is ask the Spirit to help you to be ready for His coming. So what do you mean? If you're being weighed down in your life by the junk in your life, now what do I mean by the junk in your life? By the sin in your life? Remember what the writer of Hebrews said, let us lay aside the sins that so easily ensnare us so that we can run the race. So whatever it is that's encumbering you or hindering you in your walk with Christ, the stuff that you're embarrassed about, that if you showed up, you'd be embarrassed, it's time to lay that stuff aside. It's time to say to the Spirit, Spirit, help me to be ready. Help me to deal with this in my life. Help me not to get freaked out by what's happening, but help me so that if you don't come tomorrow, I'm ready anyhow. Because I don't know if I'm going to meet you. 
That's really the issue. So ask him to help you. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.